Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Great is the Lord and worthy of all praise and honor and glory. He alone is the one who will pick us up. He's the one who leads us on. He's the one who restores our soul. He is our very life, our very being, worthy of all praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul for his name's sake. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As you can well see, the pastor is not with us here this morning, so you have to look after and take what it is. He will return. Remember him in prayer throughout the week. God is good and God is faithful. Let's take some time and see if the Holy Spirit has something he wants to say. Anyone who speaks, if we'd ask that you go to one of the mics, there's one here, one at the back, and one right up here. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and we ask that your Holy Spirit would settle in upon us and that, Father, if you have something you wish to say, that we are open to hear what the Spirit may say. In Jesus' name, amen. word that comes is Leviathan. No matter how huge that thing against you is, it is nothing in the hand of our God. The Lord says, I have no equal, I have no opposite. I am infinitely greater at rest than the enemy is at his raging worst. I am infinitely more good than Satan is evil. I am doing a work in Mosaic. I am doing a work in the people of Mosaic. Do not try to influence, impact, or change the way I am doing things, the timing in which I am doing things, the way in which I am doing Just 
I'm just going to sort of confirm what Heather said about the Leviathan. Some weeks ago, uh, the Lord gave me that portion of scripture. And uh, the Leviathan is a, is a coiling serpent, serpent that comes and tries to uh, destroy what the Lord is doing. But we're here today, and we, we stand up with the word of God and say that's enough. We've done enough. And we're going to trust God to, uh, to bring us through whatever it is. Uh, whatever Leviathan is in your life or trying to harm you or, or whatever, uh, God is greater, God is bigger, and we trust him. I'm sorry, Judy, I didn't hear you. Know we not what you do, but our eyes are upon thee. None so deaf. The Lord is faithful. He said he's doing something in Mosaic and in the people, but it came with a warning not to try and influence what's to happen. We only have one guide, and that's the Holy Spirit. And we need to be very clear and hear what the Spirit is saying. But it's not only enough to hear, it is to obey. And not allow the outside influences and whatever to influence the path we take. The true path is the path that the Holy Spirit will uh, provide to us. I'm very interested in the first couple of words that were said. I'm, if you're wondering what I'm going to talk about, it's out in the glove compartment of the car. Because <laughs> God said, leave it there. I don't like that. But you'll understand in a minute. So there was one chorus that Reg played, and now my mind has gone blank, but uh, the tower, the lighthouse. I said, okay, I understand, Lord, that what you're putting in my spirit is sounding to be the right thing. Then we had two words, that which is coming against you, and... God is infinitely more good than any evil. How many of you would admit this morning you're fighting a battle? More than one. So I know I'm right. Well, I'm not right. I know the Holy Spirit is right, and I've heard him right. Holy Spirit, 
come. Speak through this vessel the words that you want your people to hear. And for each one, Lord, who rose, raised their hand, they're in battle. And so, Father, may these words, what you have to say, be an encouragement and be a source of strength and give them the might and the power to see the battle through. I'm gonna, I have two little sentences or so on this little piece of paper all bundled up, just so I know where I'm to, unless I get carried away. And I have to, I'm using my phone, my bottle. There, there's been some interesting portions of scripture there's been some interesting things going on in people's lives. And on Thursday or Friday, I knew trouble was brewing when I had my sermon ready and God said, I don't know about that. And he gave me another verse. <laughs> Exodus 14. So prior to what I'm going to read, the Israelites have just gone through all the plagues. They've not been touched. And now they're moving out of Egypt. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't you think that'd be a good thing? Well, not alas, they didn't think so. And I want to just read a couple of verses there. But the Egyptians pursued after them all of the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them, the Israelites, encamped by the sea. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt us thus with us to carry us forth and out of Egypt? Already their eyes are back into Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto his people, Fear ye not, stand still. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said on, and that's where I want to stop. We are human beings. 
And guess what? God didn't promise a, a bed of roses. Not one rose did he promise, but he did promise he'd be with us. So when you think of the Israelites, they've now been over 200 years slaves. And depending on which theologian and what you're looking at, there's a 200 to 400 year period of when they became under slavery. That's a long time. And you know as slaves they weren't treated very well. They created and they did a lot of the hard, heavy labor for Egypt. So they're out of slavery. You'd think they'd be dancing along, wouldn't you, out of Egypt? But guess what? They got to the Red Sea. And all they could see was the walls of water and, uh, and what had Moses did. did they, he, they didn't believe that he knew what he was doing. Interesting word, because whichever way you read that verse, that uh, verse 14, different translations say, hold your peace. Others say, be still. To hold your peace or be, st or be still does not mean you will don't engage in warfare. What is holding still or being at, or your, be at peace or hold your peace? What is happening is the circumstances have clouded the picture. And God is saying, hold it. This is prepare yourself for battle. Now the important thing for you and I to remember is the battle has already been won. Whatever battle you're facing today, the victory is at the end of that battle. He won it already. We have a problem of getting it from here to here. We know all the scriptures. We know all the promises. But we still are human. And we know, and we know our circumstances. And sometimes they loom over us. And make no mistake, the enemy knows our vulnerabilities. He knows as much about us as we ever want anyone to know. And he knows just how to get our eyes off of God and into our circumstances. And you and I also know that at times things come at us and our minds are such that it goes over and over and over and we can't shut it down. But guess what? It is, part of it is our human, uh, be, being a human being. God created us 
So he knows how our brains work. He knows what we're like. That does not change his love for us when we are questioning. How many of you today have been praying for whatever's going on, and you're praying the promises, and you're saying, where are you, God? If you haven't, God bless you. But most of us who are human question, God, where are you? God, how come? God, what about this promise? And you know what? There's nothing wrong with reminding God of his promises. There is, but he doesn't love us any less than he did before we were in a state. He loves us regardless. He knows we are human flesh. He knows that we're going to do and we're going to question but he doesn't love us any less. He is still there when we can't feel him. There are times when it's like our back is to the wall. There are times when we feel like we're between rock cliffs and we can't get anywhere. And we pray and we claim the promises and it seems like God's not listening. There's an interesting thing about our God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the path we're on. He knows the battles that we will go through, and he knows how he is going to get us to the victory in that battle. We may not like it, It may not be the way we want it. I don't know about you, but every now and then I have certain ways that I want God to do things. It rarely works out that way. But doesn't mean he doesn't uh, love me any less. He knows I'm a prime. I kick at the traces. I drag my feet. I'm stubborn. And he knows just how to get around that. And so does he with each of you. In whatever is unique in you as an individual, God knows how and what. Our prayers don't seem to be answered. The promises aren't working. And one of the things we've been, I've been saying lately is, God, you've given us all authority in your name. How come? When Peter spoke, it happened. How come? He hasn't given me an answer yet, but I'm I'm still asking. So when these battles come and God doesn't appear to hear us and we wonder which... I don't know. Let me tell you a couple of incidents, personal incidents. I went through a three-year battle of depression in which I lived in the basement for three years. 
I stored up all of my energy to go to work and come home from work and do nothing else. I was in the deepest, darkest hole that I had ever been in my life. And all I wanted was somehow God to do something. And I, I really didn't have a whole lot of strength to pray. And there, were, there was a suicidal attempt in all of that. Because when these things hit you, you're out of control. Your mind can't think right. And you do impulsive things. But the one thing I know, the three years was well worth the three years. I learned a lot. Not to say I haven't had bouts since, but I handle them differently. I had to wear a mask so people wouldn't know. I always had a smile on my face because I didn't want people to know. That takes energy and a lot of work. There came a point in my life where I said, I don't care what people think. I'm me. I'm God's child. I'm dressed in the robes of righteousness, whether they can see it or not. And will I have more bouts? I could. But I pray that, Lord, I will recognize it very quickly and do something about it. That was what I called an enemy attack. It lasted a long time. But when I look at what the end of the journey was, it was well worth the journey. Not that I want to go back and walk through it again. There was another incident in my life that nearly wrecked my career. Someone made an accusation in a letter to my pastor and it was all false, but it hinged on the fact that I was a registered nurse carrying a license, and what was in that letter, I, I had to make a choice. Do I contact my legislative body? I'm under ethical oath. If this gets out, what's going to happen? And you know, I never slept that night. I never slept the next day because there was only one thing going on in my head. Where will I end up? This is the end of my career. It's not that how the enemy works. The very worst that could possibly happen is what's going to be in our head. I couldn't pray. But I did say, I know you're in this, God. But that's all I could say. It ended up okay. I didn't do anything. I was sort of standing still and thinking through what I needed to do as a professional, as a Christian, and as a family man. It, infected, it impacted all of those areas. And yes, I was in a... 
But I had enough sense just to hold back, be still, and allow God to move. It ended up the person would not meet and confessed that they had made up all of these lies. And then what do I do? And God said, well, now you forgive her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, God. But guess what? I did. And my wife said to me, what are you going to do? Because she was actually, this individual, we had actually gone alongside of, had had them in our house, had been to their house, trusted them, Discernment, my friends. Oh, good old discernment, how much we need it. But I said, I will not invite her to my house if I run into her somewhere. I will be cordial and say hello and walk on. And if I found her in the street in trouble, I would stop. And I would help. But that would be it. Those are the kind of things that happen to you and I along our journey. Different things, maybe. But these are the kind of things that send us in turmoil. And they are allowed by God, obviously. But what is our attitude towards the battle we're in. None of us want to be in a battle. You think about um, Peter, John. How much nicer would their life have been if they had not preached the gospel, if they had not stood on truth? They could have had a life of ease. They wouldn't have been happy, but they could have had a life of ease. So what is the Lord saying to us this morning? He's saying, my child, I know your battle. I know the path you're on. I know your weaknesses, but I am your strength. When you can't feel me, when you can't hear me, I'm still there. Fear not, I am the Lord your God, I will deliver you. You see what happens to some folks. They have this feeling that when you become a Christian, everything is going to be looked after and it's going to be good. I heard that theology. And when I was struggling with the abuse in my life, it was, I was told, What sin have you done? Well, I didn't do sin. I was sinned against. And that's a lie that the devil will perpetrate. Look what you did. Well, God forgave me. He threw it into the sea of his forgetfulness to be remembered against me no more. But some people 
will blame God. They will curse God. They will become bitter, angry people who are useless to anyone and cause a lot of good. Or they may just give up their Christian walk altogether because this isn't what I signed up for. No battle is without merit. Regardless of the path you're on and the battle you're fighting, there is victory. There is victory. The battle was fought on Calvary. You and I are just taking steps on a path and they are these battles that will come against us. But they were, the victory has still been won. We just have to get there. And there are battles that you and I will fight to get the victory. And that is the way it is. The problem is sometimes is getting from our heart, from our brain to our heart that God still loves us and that God is still with me, and that regardless, I can trust him. That's what it really comes down to. When nothing else is working, can we say with Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? When we come to that place in any situation that leaves it wide open for God. We've lost all attachment, and God is now the one. I don't care, Lord. Even if you take my life, I'm going to trust you with this thing regardless. In closing, there's one scripture I want to read to you. And it's in Isaiah 46 and 4, and depending on the translation... It says, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, I will carry you, and I will rescue you. What more can we ask for than a God who has promised to be with us regardless of what age we are, whether we have hair or no hair, gray hair, white hair, it doesn't matter. I am he, he created us. So he worries about us. And he wants to sustain us even in the battle. Did he not feed the Israelites manna, even though they complained? Did he not give them a cloud by day and a fire by night? And they didn't like that either after a while. But he said, I will sustain you. I have made you. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made, regardless of how we may feel about ourselves this morning. When Father looks down, he sees his child clothed in the robes of righteousness. 
protected by the blood that he shed on Calvary. And he says, I know my kid's going to make it. My kid's going to make it. Because I'm going to sustain him or her. I will carry them in when I have to. And I will rescue them if I need to. What more could we ask for? Confession time. I woke up this morning flat, flat, flat. I had nothing in me to give. And I'm out pacing the driveway saying, Lord, what have you done? (laughs) You told me not to use what I already prepared, and I've got nothing. One little scripture verse. I had nothing. And if I wasn't a man of my word, I could have crawled into a hole this morning and stayed there. But the one thing I knew, when the Holy God said, open your mouth and I will fill it. But I needed to hear confirmation, and I heard confirmation in Reg's music, I heard it from the people that spoke. Then I knew my God was in the midst, and I had heard his voice correctly. The worst thing you and I can do as Christians is be impulsive. It gets us in trouble. And so this morning for those who are struggling, you're fighting your battle, You can stand or raise your hand, but I'm going to pray because the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you today. He wants to get put within you a spirit of warfare. It's one thing to be still, but you still need the tools to fight. And you need the strength to fight. The victory's been won. We just have to do our part to get there. So anybody who wants prayer this morning, either stand, raise your hand, and then I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, You are in this place. We have felt you. We have felt the living presence of our God. And Father, now we come before you. And we talk, we lay before you the struggles and the battles that we are facing. We lay before you the confession that we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know. We seem like our back is to the wall. Your promises haven't seemed to be real. I wonder and I question. But Lord, I submit to you that this battle is yours. I will do my part. Trusting you, Lord. And so, Father, for each one standing, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move upon their individual lives.
and that journey that they're on will be, become lighter and brighter. And as they fight with the enemy, and as they fight the battle that is there, with the tools that you give them, that, Lord, victory will be theirs. So in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I proclaim unto you this morning, victory. <laughs> victory is yours. Your God says to you this morning, victory is on the way. Fear not, my child. It is on the way. Trust me. Trust me. Victory is yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. May God bless you. We need to take up an offering. Okay. Sorry, there was someone that wanted to speak. And that's fine. That was a great message. That was, that was bang on, eh? And um, I sensed that heaviness when I came in here this morning, that a lot of people are struggling and, and battling. When I first came back from B.C., I got saved in B.C. I came back about 20 years ago. Addiction runs through my family, and my family was a mess, and, and there's still a lot of problems. But God used to speak to me in pictures and show me things, and he showed me one day, he showed me an old man in a, in a tool shed with a lawnmower all apart on the table, just in pieces. And he was fixing it, and his wife kept going in and saying, when are you going to finish this thing? When is it, is it going to be over? And God said to me, that's you. I have your family here, and I'm working on them, but it's difficult. It's going to take time. And you're coming in, and you're hassling me every five minutes, not hassling him through prayer and warfare, but with my attitude and the way I carried myself and the way my impatience and the way I treated others. And the only thing, and he's done a work. I mean, my nephew is saved, my brother saved, and the process is, is going through my whole family. It's taken time, and it's, it hasn't been pretty sometimes, but God has done what he promised to do. And the only thing I regret is that I didn't enjoy the ride. I just didn't relax and let him do what he was going to do. And just, because every time I, 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 I read something or I see a video and they meet Jesus, he's always smiling and laughing. And we need to be that way too. We need to enjoy the ride and relax and let him do the work because he promised. And he works in families, eh? he doesn't work in individuals. So just enjoy the ride. And what a ride it is. <laughs> Unless there's someone else, Liz, you can turn the music back on.